0: Today we got a great topic. Today we're talking about the freight
1: marketplace with Brent Hutto. How's it going, Brent? Oh man, Joe, it's great. Glad to be on the program. Thanks for thinking of me. Thank
0: you. Well, we've been talking about it probably. God, it just seems like six weeks, but I'm very excited because Brent is one of those guys that everybody seemed to know about. I didn't. I was connected on <laughs> LinkedIn, and I'm glad to finally get him on the show and get to know him. So. Right before we go any further, please introduce yourself and your company.
1: Yeah, sure. My name is Brent Hutto. I am the Chief Relationship Officer, which means I, I love to, to talk and meet with people for truckstop.com. And truckstop.com is a 25-year-old software company, where I say software, but really we're a, a software-as-a-service company, and we offer a freight marketplace for small carriers and the brokerage industry, and we love what we do. Nice, nice. I'm looking forward
0: to learning more about this freak marketplace. We talked about it a little when we were prepping here. and But before we get to all that, please tell us a little bit about you. I know you have a very interesting background. So please tell us, where did you grow up? Where did you go to school?
1: Oh, goodness. Well, I'm a Southern guy, Joe. I'm a Southern guy. I say Southern because I've lived That's all over. That's a Boston o- accent? <laughs> it's not Boston. <laughs> it's mostly Alabama. I've grown up all over the Southeast. That's where my dad grew up. My mother's from Ohio, so she's a Buckeye. But... But I live in the South. I live in Alabama. I live in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, with my wife of 25 years and our six kids, and and so trucking is obviously in freight transportation is very important to me. So what I do really affects my life too. And but I've been in the South all of my life. But one great thing about today's world is that. You can live anywhere you want and planes can take you everywhere else. So I've been all over America and got to enjoy every part of America and and really know that, that we all have the same condition as people, which is we really just want to have great goals and want to live our lives and, and enjoy it. So it's been a great thing. My career, my background was in media as far as like the last 20 years inside of trucking. I've been inside of trucking for 20 years and logistics side with truck stop for the last 7 but I grew up in trucking my dad owned a small steel processing company and I used to run the forklift and load trucks and talk to the truck drivers and still have a had a great long-term relationship with a truck driver named Robert Warren from Pontotoc Mississippi so I love trucking I've been around trucking my whole life and it's been a great it's been a great part of my life
0: Oh, it sounds like it. So what would you go to school for?
1: Yeah, I went to school for marketing. I went to Auburn University. I played college football for one year at a small university and oh. then I went to Auburn after that. And And I wasn't near as focused as I needed to be at school. But once I kind of got into that the, feeling, yeah, once I kind of <laughs> got into the business world, I really started to enjoy the idea of helping people get what they need. So I've been in sales and marketing my whole life and communication and really the whole goal of just serving people and helping them get what they need to enjoy their life. So really, that's where I find the most reward in doing things. And uh, so it's been great. Sounds like that's the perfect background for the chief relationship Yeah, I agree. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: you said you joined Truck Stop seven years ago? Yeah. What drew you to the company?
1: Oh, goodness. I'll tell you. I love small business America. I grew up in small business America working with my dad. My dad owned a couple of different businesses, never had any critical success, but I love the idea of trying to build something. And truckstop.com is the type of product or company that we live to serve the small business of America. We have about 75,000 companies that do business with us and about 74,500 of them are what you would call small. And so which is great on our end because I really love small business America. That's really what drew me drew it to me. And and the other part of it is that our customers really depend on us and have a relationship with truck stop that they trust us. And that's super important because I want to work for a company that represents my character and who I am as a person. And I want to know that they've got good character because I want to bring my character in and and try to help people succeed in their business. It's been great at Truck Stop. I've been able to do a lot of really a lot of fun things all over the, the country. So it's been a lot of fun these seven years.
0: It's interesting. I know Truck Stop is one of those companies that you partner with. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. And you mentioned your dad had a whole bunch of businesses. My my dad had tons of businesses, too. In fact, my dad had these big claim to fame. Like He goes, I turned down the first Little Caesar franchise. Oh, no way! (laughs) Nice job, dad. Bought a laundromat instead. That's right. Pizza, pizza. (laughs) Laundromat and dry cleaner. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Dry cleaner is not famous. um, You know, Joe, my dad always said... My dad passed away last August, and so missed him dearly. But he always said to me, and I, this always stuck with me, because he, when he was teaching me as a little, you know, knucklehead kid running around the warehouse, he'd say, and my my two brothers worked with me as well, and so he'd always say, Brent, just remember that all honest work has merit. So no matter what somebody's doing, respect what they're doing, and try to help them be successful. That was just my dad, you know, this big six foot five professional, ex professional football player. which you listen to him regardless, right? Because he's huge. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but that's that's really important, though. You mentioned your partnership for a lot of small companies. Oh, yeah. One of the things I've always felt is my dad had all these small companies and the challenges that small companies have always had is they're not enough sometimes. Oh, right? right. Right. You need that big partner. And now you look almost every it seems like every other podcast I do. It's with somebody who says we will partner with you. Right. Big word these um, days, yeah. Well, and I think it's great. And so I just did a po- podcast with USA Truck. Oh, great
1: company. Um, yeah, great,
0: great customer. Ma- Ma- yeah. Mandy Morrow was on my podcast. Yep, and she yep. says, look, we want to partner with owner-operators. Yep. And I was like, "Yeah." if you're an owner-operator, I said, look, I got a few trucks. I'm trying to get this thing rolling. You want a partner who yeah. says, look, I'm going to help you yeah. get there. Yeah, And you have that vested interest. So yeah, man. I love the idea of partnership. So today's topic is the freight marketplace. So when we we're talking offline about what we're going to talk about, you were talking a little bit about truck stop, and I know you guys are a big part of kind of trying to build this marketplace. But I said, why don't you give us some basics
1: about basic understanding of the freight marketplace? Yeah, yeah very important. Yeah, what's interesting is that the description of my job title, I get to talk to a lot of different people. And a lot of times that I always start off with, and if we want to understand the freight marketplace. It's really important to understand the size of it and that it has a lot of variety to it. Most people don't understand that or they don't have knowledge of it. It's not that they don't understand. They don't have knowledge of that that the freight marketplace is somewhere around 10% of the national GDP of America. So it is a massive mess. And that the United States marketplace, all the freight that moves in the world, 50% of it moves in the United States. And when you think about something that's that big, you got to say, well, there's got to be a lot of players in it. Well, there are. There's around 400,000 trucking companies or carriers as we call them, but trucking companies. There's about 18,000 third-party logistics or brokerage-type companies. And then all those 400,000 and 18,000 companies, their customer is the 4 million manufacturing companies in America, which we call shippers. So to understand that is to really understand the size and the scope. And all those players move about 750 million freight transactions or freight movements a year, and it's over a trillion dollars. Yeah, I said trillion. Trillion.
0: 750 million? yeah shipments is that we said that's correct
1: 750 million plus and growing by the way it's going to continue to grow because the u.s population is going to continue to grow and we got to get more mustard and ketchup to everybody
0: yeah and you know when you think about it and we also when i'm in my 50s and i know so are you we used to not trade a ton with mexico it's me away how close we are to mexico that we didn't always trade back and forth and i know we have with canada but those transactions are going to grow too Mm -hmm. so -hmm. It's interesting because when you think about a big market, you don't think of trucking sometimes because maybe it's just, it's almost like air or electricity. It's everywhere. So you don't ever think. Oh, yeah,
1: it's a a marketplace. No, it's just
0: the truck that brought the marketplace
1: to my house. (laughs) Right. That's right. You know, it's funny. And as I'm talking in the market, a lot of people don't realize the same thing. What you just said is that because I think we take it for granted and it's easy to because everything's sort of predictable. Everything we got food in the stores There's going to be things to buy for our clothing and for our life and for everything else. And so if you think about the freight marketplace, you also want to understand that it has a direct effect. It is the leading indicator. The freight marketplace is on our U.S. economy. If you want to know how the U.S. economy is, look at the freight marketplace. If it's up and to the right, as they say, the U.S. economy is probably doing well. If it's down and to the right, it's probably not doing well. But to understand how it affects the overall economy, you can look at the spot marketplaces as a direct indicator to the overall U.S. economy because it's so dynamic. And this is why all firms like Bloomberg and Wall Street all look at the spot market data, especially the truckstop.com data, to understand how are the overall stock marketplaces going to do. And So you look at the economy. The other part of this is to understand how things like changes in the rules and regulations affect the overall market. So when I talk to people, I always talk about look at the economy and then look at how regulation changes how well trucks can move and and freight can move up and down the highway. And what I mean by that is that as our government tries to make our roads as safe as possible, so regulation is very important. And they do a great job, and the FMCSA really is trying to do the best job they can to manage a very, very large market. But their rules and regulations change how freight can move. And like something a couple of years ago, we had a new way to measure hours of service. They implemented an automated way to do it called an electronic logging device. Well, when they implemented that over this giant marketplace, it took about 6 to 7% of the overall efficiency out of the marketplace, which means it made it harder to move freight. So things like that, it's a very important to look at the economy and regulation when you're looking at this overall marketplace. And the last thing I'd say, Joe, is the thing to look at is, is look at how it's changing. So you always want to look at any marketplace and how it's becoming what it needs to become next, because everything moves forward. Night becomes day and, and life moves on and we all get older, as you and I talked about. So you have to look at how marketplaces are changing. And so freight, transportation, for its history has been very manual. It's a phone call, it's a touch point, a personal touch point. Well, it's becoming more automated much like the stock market became automated on like when Charles Schwab did stuff for like $6 a transaction and you just do it online. And how now we don't buy a plane flight, you know, buy a person, we don't make a phone call, we just get on Expedia or somewhere else and book it and we're very confident in that. Freight is beginning to do that except it's a much bigger play inside of what's going on. So you gotta understand automation and how that's gonna change things. So when you look at the marketplace, you look at size and variety, economy and regulations, and then how it's changing or how it's moving forward into automation. And that ultimately is data. So yeah, so those things are what's important to look at.
0: A years ago, a friend of mine said something to me like, If I want paper plates, I get in the car, drive to the and buy paper plates. I want I want to go buy some soda, pop, whatever you call it, I can go buy it. And He said, why isn't trucking that way? And I was like, well, because the supply and demand is hard to understand. And what we're talking about here is that freight marketplace. How efficient is it? How does it really work? And I think during COVID era, we learned that certain products that we wanted weren't available at the the grocery store. And that was sometimes as a result of, I don't have a truck, right? I
1: can't get a truck. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It
0: wasn't the only thing. But usually if you go far enough back in the supply chain, you find out somebody didn't have something they needed or somebody to move their freight. And so when somebody talks about the efficiency of the marketplace, it works pretty darn well because when we talk about, you know, if you talk to any freight broker or or a 3PL or shipper, they'll say about 95, 98, 99% of the shipments, depending on what you're moving, are in full and on time. So we have gotten very, very efficient. Of course, all we talk about is how do we get better? How do we tighten that up? So you said something earlier, 750 million shipments, and then you said
1: about 100 million of them are spot? Correct. Yeah. So speak to that. Yeah. That. Well, that's what you just talked about it when you talked about how the freight runs very efficiently, but there's always exceptions. And what I mean by exceptions is there's more of something that needs to be moved or it's hard to move. Or it runs in a non-standard lane or it's going to a place that it necessarily hadn't gone to before. So the exception management in our industry is what is where the dynamic change is in pricing and in ability to be get it moved because there's always changes in this marketplace. Because when we were talking about the actual marketplace, the variety of the type of freight that, that is moved is just name it. It's everything you can imagine in our lives, and so that's where, when you look at the spot marketplace, it has grown from a very small sort of just a backhaul, very uh, limited number of loads in the marketplace. When we started in 1995, and really kind of – go. you can go all the way back to the mid-70s when this all this started happening – but it has grown to an actual marketplace because of technology, because of the communication ability of platforms, really large platforms being able to help the players move better or communicate better together. The freight that moves inside the spot marketplace has grown and grown and grown over the last couple of decades to a legitimate part of the marketplace that is 100 million the loads and growing. So and here, I'll also say this, Joe, because this is super important to understand. We talked about the freight marketplace. They're not really separate. Because people talk about contracted freight, which is a carrier moving a lot of loads for somebody. You've got dedicated freight, which is they, they actually dedicate the trucks to move that freight. Then you've got spot market freight. So, and then you've got LTL freight. But you, people think those are all separate. They're really not. All it's all a connected <laughs> universe. And this is why automation is going to be so important going forward in the industry. Right. It is interesting. So I, when I was at a
0: 3PL, we noticed every once in a while. When the truckload market would get hot, we did mostly less than truckload. The LTL market would go crazy because our prices would go crazy. We're like, where where are prices going up? And they said, a lot of people were doing truckload last week, can't get trucks, so they're using LTL. And it's the same as somebody says, you know, I've been moving dedicated freight. When I found out the spot market blew up, I'm going to see if I can't get out of this deal. Right?
1: <laughs> that, well, I'll tell you, if you look at the marketplace right now, part of the reason why the marketplace is so much pressure in it. So it's so hard to, to move freight or not hard. It's more costly to move freight right now is because you've got a lot of the contracted freight that is being rejected from a standpoint of on its contract. So about 20%, 20 to 25%, which is a big number when you take 20% of $650 million. And that freight moves somewhere else, and so that's really the pressure that's happening in the marketplace right now, which is causing a benefit on one end and a headache on the other. Right. And you know what's also interesting, and this is hitting everywhere, is that
0: stuff that used to be shipped to stores, food, clothes, electronics, whatever it is, is now being shipped to fulfillment centers to be sent to homes. And you look and say, that is a whole other marketplace that's kind of growing, but it's also, again, we're also connected. So you look and go, yeah, we're going to need a million people that make those final mile deliveries, right? Millions of people. And that's going to, again, the market's going to have to adjust up and down, right? So more people are going to be required to move at one place, probably some fewer people in another. So we talked about. This being kind of making a move from manual to more automated, we have more information than we ever had, which makes us more efficient than ever before. It should, right? Yeah. (laughs) And it's massive. And to your point, it's also variety. So when you say there's 750 million shipments, you might be part of a little piece that says, look, I do this one specific thing in the oil field, and it's not 750 million, it's a half a million every year. Or you might be very specialized equipment. So the diversity within is huge.
1: it's what gets me up every day and puts a smile on my face because it's a lot of fun to solve problems and help.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that I'm always trying to figure out is I know when we talk about truckload carriers, that's what we're mostly talking about here. We talk about truckload carriers, talk about where the volume is. I know we have big carriers. Then they're huge, and then
1: we have a million owner operators. So speak to that dynamic, the size of these carriers. Right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. When you look at the overall all marketplace, the truckload marketplace is the dominant freight that's moved in America, and that's why you have so many players kind of going after that. But when you look at the number of trucks that operate in this, the, the ATA states that there's only about six hundred thousand trucks that actually move truckload freight. Because freight, as I mentioned, we talked about variety in the marketplace. There's lots of different type of freight that moves. Petroleum that goes to gas stations is not truckload freight. It's its own bulk type movement. So it's a different part of the market. You've got all different segments. And just imagine how many segments yeah, that there I'm are. I'm never going to take that tanker and move food one day. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. But but the the truckload marketplace is sort of the, the dominant driver of the marketplace because of its scale and the number of trucks that that move in it. And it's where the industry, it's where because of its scale and because of how it impacts the market, people, you can project the market and where it's going against the truckload marketplace. And so that's why it's the barometer that everyone looks at. When you look at the, the spot marketplace, the marketplace that the truckstops.com's in, it's 97% truckload free, even though we, and it's all, and it's dry van, it's flatbed, it's reefer, it's specialized, it's partial truckload, not LTL. So it's partial truckload. So all that's in there. And yet you still got a phenomenal amount that's in other parts of the marketplace. But to look at this, to look at the big mover that's out there in the market helps you understand from a data standpoint on how the U.S. economy is looking, but also how the marketplace is, whether it's healthy or not. So that's where data is so important and it has become more of a driver of a business's uh, success and sustainability than it ever has in the past, and that's really just because it's available, right? Because it's out there. And you talked about you talked about the movement of these goods. It is changing because the Amazon effect affects everybody. We all want our goods. You know, if I can get it in two days and it doesn't cost me a whole lot more, great. I can get it today. Hey, I'd like to have it today. That simple change in us expecting our packages or freight quicker has radically changed the need for warehousing space. Warehousing space is. The need went from a 1X to a 4X, so four times more space needed to be able to handle the need of the American consumer and what they want. And truckload is just a giant part of how that gets to that final mile delivery. It's all beginning to morph and change. But understanding the data is so important because, just like you said, there's going to be parts where you can find your own little slice and run a great business and enjoy your business and enjoy your life. I mean, that's, that's what makes freight fun. Right. So TruckStop, and
0: I don't want this to be too much of an infomercial, but yeah. <laughs> Truck stop's a big part of why we have this efficient marketplace. So talk about how you guys help this marketplace work better.
1: Yeah, that, and thank you for asking that question. For us, it started back in 1995 when Scott Moscrip, who is our founder, was coming up with the idea for for truck stop, for just a help to the marketplace. He's a a mathematician, so he's a physicist guy. He just wants to solve problems. And so when he was thinking about all the challenges in moving freight, he had this phrase that stuck in his head. He would say, well, there's got to be a better way than that. There's got to be a better way than that. And so how do you find the better way? And so that's what drives us as a company. And so in doing that, the better way predominantly was how do you fulfill a need that's in the market that's missing. And so when when Scott was looking at this, and as we've continued for 25 years, it's, how do we make transparency a benefit for all of the participants in the freight movement process? Predominantly, before 1995, a carrier, and this is a small carrier, an owner-operator, that one-truck, two-truck, three-truck guy or girl that's out there that just wants to run their own business and be free and enjoy being American. They had no visibility or no ability to, to understand the data that was in the company, the rates, the type of freight, all those sort of things. They didn't have any. Uh, so
0: They would understand what the cost per mile is from talking to friends. Right.
1: Or what the, what right. they're
0: being offered that day. Right. And they might be talking to the cheapest shippers at that one moment. So they don't know what they're worth that day.
1: Right. So because that transparency, yeah, that it, visibility. It, you're absolutely right, Joe. So if, if you don't have the access to the information, you're kind of blind. And so yeah. Stop opened up that transparency. And by opening that transparency between brokers and carriers and helping them to be able to understand the data, what's the rate, what's the volume in that lane for that day? It helps them have a better relationship and negotiate faster. The actual price to move the load and get the terms and conditions done, get the paperwork signed and get the freight moving. So everybody benefits. The broker benefits by being able to move that freight faster. The carrier benefits to be able to get a load easier and say, I got a fair rate. And so in that, you create a trusted environment where people can grow their business and grow their business. And in 20 years, since 1998 to today, the marketplace has grown 10% year over year and now moves somewhere between 25 and 30% of all freight in America has moved inside the spot marketplace because it's its own legitimate marketplace. So that's so important when you're trying to create a growing sustainable market where the players can be able to commerce easily in it.
0: That's when we get to a place where I say, I went to the grocery store and everything I wanted, somewhere along the line, we figured out the paper plate market or the pop market, right? So when I go in and get, say, I would like, I drink too much Diet Coke (laughs) And when I go in there and I say, I want Diet Coke, it's always there. And this really, during the pandemic, was the only time that it's not been there. So when we think about our space, we have a wild, wild market. It's not as easy as retail. I don't want to minimize how hard retail is. But but, um, we are trying to make this market more efficient. And so you guys bring this information. And so so you bring information to owners, owner operators, carriers, and also to 3 and brokers. So talk about the technology related to that.
1: Yeah, that's a great aspect of bringing transparency. We do business with about 75,000 companies. Around 10,000 of those are... Yeah, (laughs) that's a lot. Hey, when you create a trusted place for people to come and work and make money, and I'll talk about this in a second when it comes to technology, it grows. It grows and grows. And the other part of that is it's got to be cost effective. I mean, technology can be super expensive. It can be complex. So it has to be simple. In other words, I need to be able to use it easily. You know, so important. Don't make it hard. And then secondarily, it has to be cost effective. We deal with a one truck guy and we deal with a single agent, broker agent in an office somewhere, all the way up to a $20 billion company. So we have to be able to provide a technology that is easy for them to use. And cost effective for their business, because we as a business, another mandate for truck stop is we never want to be a financial hindrance to any company. And so that's so important to us. And when you're dealing with a single truck owner operator, a guy that's just running a one person business, it needs to be cost effective. So that technology not only has to be simple, in other words, obvious to use, because it's got because, by the way, freight moves really fast inside of the spot market. When freight (laughs) hits the board, if it has all the information, including a rate on it, it moves in 60 seconds or less. So, you have to be it able to is. see it quick. Yeah, it's crazy. So, simple and cost effective. And that's always been a mandate of ours, Joe, because we want as many players that want to pursue the American dream of having and owning their own business and running their business to benefit and be able to do that. And we want to be an assistance to that, not a hindrance. So, yeah, so important to have that. So, you have basically created. There was always a market. There was a market before we had technology. Sure there was. But
0: what you guys are doing is you and others are bringing this efficiency. And again, it sounds like you're the the players, given the amount of transactions you're doing, but you're making that market more efficient. That's what we're talking about today is it's very dynamic. And and the only way we're going to have good information is to have some of these clearinghouses or marketplaces that say, I know what that rate should be today. And it makes it easy for me as a 3PL or a broker or a trucker to say yes to a rate. I don't want to say yes to a rate if I think it's under market. You know, If I'm the driver, I'm saying, hey, look, I, I can live indoors and eat every day too. Yeah. So <laughs> I want to make sure I get the right market. I mean, the right market price. And the only way to do that is to get somebody like you guys. So I know it'd be
1: oversimplifying, but you guys have, you have a load board, right? We do. Yeah. We have basically an information board, a load board that, has, I'll give you for instance, and since COVID and the marketplace has just been crazy with the the amount of pressure. In other words, the amount of the volume of loads are in the marketplace for usually our marketplace runs on about 400,000 loads in a 24 hour period on our board, which is a phenomenal amount of freight for people to be <laughs> right. able to choose from, right? If I, if I logged into something and said, well, there's a thousand options here, that's pretty good. If I'm running a small one or two truck business. Since COVID and since about July 15th, my wedding anniversary. Since about July 15th, the marketplace has been at 800,000 loads per day or higher since then. So for over six months, we have had this crazy high marketplace that benefits the carrier and benefits the broker. It's not so great for the shipper because the prices are higher, but it's just been this astronomical pressure in the marketplace that gives more options for carriers to be able to grow their business and for brokers to be able to grow their business. But it's all exists inside this marketplace. Could you imagine going from 400,000 to a million of something and trying to move it in a marketplace if you didn't have a platform that people could log into and have access to and everybody saw the same thing? It would be impossible. So that's really a problem that's that's solved by these platforms. Right. And I've said many times to people,
0: essential workers don't become essential until until somebody drops the stuff off of the truck. <laughs>
1: That's, right. <laughs> so, That's right. So our
0: our essential workers are there first. Yeah, yeah, no Not doubt. Not to minimize anybody, no but I think sometimes uh, we forget how much, how important it is. So before we wrap this up, tell us more about who you guys serve. Who are your customers and how do you help them? And then we'll ask you how they can reach out and talk oh, to you. Oh,
1: sure, yeah, sure. Well, first and foremost, we want every company, we even our competitors, to be able to serve this marketplace. It's As I mentioned before, it's a trillion-dollar-plus marketplace, so there needs to be a lot of really great... It's enough for everyone. Yeah, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. There's got to be a lot of, of really great product offerings and platform offerings in the marketplace for everybody to succeed, so we want to be as connected as we can to every platform inside of the freight transportation marketplace, but our customers are small carriers. Now, that's changing because this marketplace is changing. We're getting a lot more mid sized carriers and even large carriers that kind of look to us for freight, so predominantly... It's ca- small carriers on one side of the equation. The other side is we do business with the brokerages and the 3PL companies. Now, they're kind of the same thing, but it just depends on the size and the, the services that they offer to their customers. So those are our two main customers. And we have great relationship, constant connection with them every day. Now, we do some business with shippers, but it's mostly. A, What's the
0: benefit to each of those groups?
1: Oh, goodness. The benefit is Marketplace the ability to be able to find what you need to help run your business. So if you're a carrier, you find freight. There's like I said, there was a million loads on truck stop in any given day last week. So I can say where I'm at. I'm in Chicago. Yeah. And I want to go to Atlanta, you got my load, right? Yeah, you can it's real simple. They log on, they put I'm at point A and I want to go to point B or, or I want to go to a lot of different points. And they put in they put in some simple information it gives them back all of the options. For freight in those areas that they're looking for, and you can run as many as you want and find as much freight as you want. So that's on one side for the carrier, on the other side for the broker. A broker has to have a truck to be able to move their freight. Well, we have more trucks than anywhere else in the universe to be able to move freight. I like to say this all, I say this, I say it kind of tongue in cheek. We're the largest fleet in the world because we have about 200,000 right. trucks right. that use us every day. And I don't know anybody has that many trucks. Used now, they're all right. independent businesses, but for a broker. They come to us and say, I need to find a quality carrier that I can trust to move the freight that I've I've agreed to move for a shipper. So they come to us to find the, the highest quality carrier to be able to move the freight. And we have more of those than anybody else in the world. And so that's really the benefit we serve is we provide a marketplace to find what a participant in this market who wants to move freight, what they need in order to be able to move that freight so they can both make money on both sides. When a carrier works together with a broker, they both make money. And they're both our customers. And so in the end, if truck stops serving that as well as they can, then we benefit from it. And there's all kinds of pieces in that. We provide rates and routing and optimization and planning, all the things that go into being able to do that.
0: I know when we talked offline, you also said you provide cost-effective technology for players too, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, sure. I mean, so we started out in 1995 at $35 a month. That might have made sense in 1995. Well, you can still get a truck stop product for $39 a month if you're a carrier. So it's a, still a phenomenally, inex- yeah, I know it sounds crazy. Pretty but, high. Yeah, four, yeah, four, dollars, four, four whole difference. bucks. <laughs> but once again, it goes back to the mandate that we always want to be able to provide the product that anyone can buy to be able to help start run their business. Now, that's a very basic product. Uh, Our normal customer spends about, on the carrier side, about $149 a month per truck, and then about $199 per single broker. So it's still very cost-effective when it comes to- But you could make that,
0: I mean, if you're a carrier and you say, hey, I've got a load, and that load could be $150 more just for that one day.
1: Yeah, sure. Having access to that information is valuable. We all know that now. I mean, (laughs) that's no surprise. (laughs) The return of investment on our product is astronomically high. It's in the thousands of percentage of people that use our service compared to what they make annually on it. So, And we're proud of that because we really want to be able to help them create the life that they want in their business. And so that's really a mandate for Truck Stop. I'll say the other thing that's really super important. It's not just about what you created yesterday or today. It's really about continuing to improve and innovate the product. And truck stops, that's one of our other mandates, is total innovation. So we're always trying to bring out what's next for the customer. And we have talked about automation. That's certainly what's next for our marketplace. And we want to make sure that we provide automation to everybody, not just to those that have a hundred million dollar budget can build it themselves, but to every player in the market. And by doing that, we raise the ability of the market to be able to run their business, and sustain their business. And so that's super important to us as well, Joe, as far as as continuing to bring the product out there for customers. I think it's important that you
0: guys be a reasonable price point just because you want access to all that data. And that's what
1: you're selling, right? Well, sure. I mean, among other things. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, this is excellent. So how do people reach you and how do people reach truck stops?
1: Well, for me, you can find me at Brent Hutto at Truckstop.com, be your favorite ball headed guy online, or you can see I'm on LinkedIn. I'm I have a Facebook site. I have all those sort of things and I try to be public out there. But truckstop.com is it's a pretty easy name to remember, and everybody just calls us truckstop because it's the easy way to say it. We were the internet truck stop when we started. And back in twenty fourteen we became just truckstop.com because it's just that's what everyone was calling us anyways. So uh, but truckstop.com is the easy way to find us and we're there 24-7. Right. What I'll do,
0: Brent, is I'll put a link to truckstop.com in the show notes and I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile so everyone can connect to you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking about the freight marketplace.
1: Well, it's been an honor, man. It's been great to get to know you. Really appreciate everything you're doing to help the marketplace and help people understand more about how freight moves and how they can grow and sustain their businesses. Joe, I mean, guys like you help the industry do better and, and we're thankful for you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank all of you for listening to the podcast. Your support is
0: very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email joe lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com.